0: Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel, and this is a show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it.
1: Yeah, this week we are doing our bonus episode of It's Okay to Not Be Okay, we finished it.
0: Woo, 1 through 16. Yee. Yee.
1: Um, But before we jump into it, we forgot to do this last week, so... <laughs>
0: We're so. too excited by the finale. <laughs> yeah.
1: We had a lot to talk about anyway, so it ended up working out. Um, but yeah, we forgot to to like do the little about us section where we just like chat for a while, and the bonus episode always feels like a good time to do that anyway. So
0: yeah, cause we didn't prepare content for the bonus <laughs> episode.
1: We never do really, but like, the bonus episode is its own beast where we just ramble and ramble. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Talk about a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how's how's your week been? How's your two weeks been?
1: Um, fine. I'm in. So this was not the case the last. Well, it was the case the last time we talked, but also like it had just I had just driven here, so I'm in New Mexico again. Um, I have recorded a couple episodes from New Mexico. So if you, dear listener, right off the bat, heard like an audio difference. Good ear. Good ear. <laughs> it's a different recording space. Wow. Um,
0: welcome to New Mexico.
1: Welcome to New Mexico. Uh, I don't think we have any listeners that live here, as far as I'm aware. But if you're listening and you're from New Mexico or live in New Mexico, let me know. That would be really exciting, even just to know you're out there. Um,
0: but yeah. yeah, I feel like it would be a cool idea to offer a meetup, but maybe not during a pandemic. Yeah.
1: I think meetups are over until 2022, maybe.
0: We've got the vaccine on the way. This yeah. is, things are looking up.
1: Things are looking up. I just... It's hard. I'm back in the uh, like early pandemic dark place where like... Uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's just frustrating because <laughs> it's winter. So the pandemic is kind of bad again. And that's hard.
0: Yeah. It's really... Mm, it's hard to... Focus on all this news coming out about the the vaccine, and people are starting to get it all around the world. So that's extremely exciting and hopeful. And yet, still, the U.S. is breaking its own records every day for numbers of deaths. Yeah. And you're like, we haven't won yet. Yeah. And I want to say that realistically, and not hopelessly. But it's hard to find the middle ground. I just want to win so bad. I want a single win for 2020.
1: So a long time ago, I got into... I think it's a pretty popular app game. So maybe you've heard of it, or maybe anyone who's listening has heard of it. But um, it's like one of the only games I've ever bought for my phone. Because it just felt worth it at the time. And it totally is. It's like one I circle back to a lot. It's called Plague, Inc.
0: Okay. Um, I think you've told me about it, but I've never played it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. And in the past, it was essentially uh, you just like hopped on and you picked what kind of illness you were. Like, are you a virus? Are you a fungus? Are you a parasite? Are you a um, bacteria? And you could choose from several different ones. And then you could decide like how the virus mutated and the goal was to infect and kill everyone. And then early ish on in the pandemic, about halfway through, they developed a cure mode where instead you're fighting against a pandemic. Oh, <laughs> just what you said about wanting to win against the pandemic reminded me of that. I've played it a lot. Just like it's like a comfort game now, where it's like we we're gonna we're gonna play the game and we're gonna win.
0: Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. I'm glad they changed it up. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that was definitely necessary because I, I'm sure, like for me personally, it would give me too much anxiety to play the infection mode at this point now.
0: Yeah. So. So here we are. They changed it. It's the cure mode. Yeah. That's really cute.
1: Yeah, so if you're interested, this is completely unsponsored. I am not getting paid to say this. (laughs) Plague Inc. is a really good game, and there's a cure mode now to help you feel less helpless in the pandemic.
0: (laughs) That's really nice. It also helps balance the big picture thinking. I feel like my mm, coping mechanism has been to just make my world a lot smaller this year. Which has not worked too well. I feel a social responsibility to watch the news every day and keep up with world events, but it's hard to it it's easy to get overwhelmed when mm-hmm. you do that. So I try to take time. The pregnancy has helped a lot to just be like, today or this hour or this moment is just about me and what I can see and hear and taste and touch everything that I can sense and everything that I love and everything that's around me and just focus on that.
1: Yeah, like the things that you can deal with. Yeah, it's hard to strike that balance where you're not, like where you're part of the solution, but like you also aren't driving yourself crazy, beating your head against things that you can't fix by yourself. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I'm still working on striking a balance with that, but I definitely go back and forth between being, like, maddeningly informed where I'm just spiraling in, like, Mm -hmm. in all of the news and then uh, kind of closed off. Yeah, and I'm just, you know, living my small life as a person who doesn't have to be singularly responsible for knowing every piece of news that exists.
0: Yeah. Guess who didn't turn her phone on silent?
1: I also... Did you hear my notification go It must be a group <gasps> that we're both
0: in. <laughs> it's our D&D game! Look at us! So in sync. Oh. Um, I sent it out in the newsletter, but my thing is I've been baking a lot these past couple weeks and it's been great. I've never had the patience for baking anything and it's been really nice to develop a new skill.
1: Yeah I'm I have mad respect for that because I also have no patience for baking and I'm very much the when I'm even cooking I'll do the thing where you just like kind of add ingredients almost like Um, impulsively, like you don't do perfect measurements, but baking very much, like you can kind of get away with that with cooking, you know, when you just like toss some salt in or drizzle some oil versus like baking is very scientific and like measured. So yes, I have always struggled with that patience as well. And (laughs) I think it's neat that you're learning.
0: I'm very excited to do it because it's all I want to eat right now. I'm still... A bit underweight from where I'm supposed to be in my pregnancy and we are going through about s st- two sticks of butter every week <laughs> making these baked goods. So I will not be underweight for long. Here we come.
1: That's gonna be a little
0: butter babe. It's gonna be a little butterball. <laughs> That's the goal.
1: Congratulations, it's a butterball.
0: <laughs> the most American baby. <laughs> but yeah okay I'm feeling comfortable I'm feeling ready to jump into this
1: okay we're doing it we're really gonna talk about it's okay to not be okay we're wrapping it up
0: we're wrapping us up if you ever want to talk about us you can email us (laughs) and be like how's how's things how's life
1: yeah if we get a how's life email right off the bat I will be deeply surprised (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's the first email from because we get house life emails from some of our listeners now, uh, because we've become become friends with them via email, little pen pals, pen pals.
0: But usually it starts with like, "Hey, where's your episode? I see you didn't post on time or something." <laughs>
1: yeah, but but
0: that's something very normal. Yeah, it starts off fault. with
1: yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> it's okay to not be okay. Uh, that's
0: you are talking about. Yeah.
1: This feels like a good transition point for uh, talking about our lives to talking about life lessons from It's Okay to Not Be Okay that I found. Oh, and yeah. I would love to credit who created this, but I couldn't find who created it. But it someone really neat out on the internet did this made this, and then they posted it on a private Facebook group that I'm part of that I have no right to be in, but I stay pretty (laughs) quiet. It's called Subtly Asian Traits, which (laughs) I got an invite from my friends um, that thought that I would enjoy a lot of the K-drama content and the Boba Tea content on there, and then I've just been a very quiet observer. I promise I don't interact with that channel as if I think that I am part of it. I just... I like to see it. I like to see the things. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, someone conveniently this week posted uh, something called Life Lessons from It's Okay to Not Be Okay with absolutely no context this time around. There's the context of us what having watched it, but... I thought I would share the seven life lessons here. So the first one is find creative outlets to cope with deep-seated emotional scars inflicted by your overbearing parents.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Started off so light and then it got really intense.
1: You know, like become a children's book author (laughs) or an
0: artist. Do some art. To deal with trauma. Paint a mural. Oh, no. A mural. Oh. <laughs> oh no, don't call it a murinal.
1: <laughs> if y'all haven't watched Parks and Recreation, please do. It's now required reading for Play on K.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen it in so long I don't remember any of it. Except Anne Perkins.
1: Anne Perkins. Um, it's a very good binge watch for... Uh, quarantine i feel like like it's very light and easy so Mm. i'm happy and wholesome
0: (laughs) all right give us tip number two okay
1: so tip number two the best way for medical professionals to diagnose and treat patients is to use other patients as spies to report back on whatever they refuse to tell the doctors themselves (laughs) you know that's something that i don't know if we called out in any of our episodes that we probably should have, because that not. is mega problematic. I, mm,
0: I guess <laughs> I don't know enough about psychiatric t- care to say whether or not that's allowed or not. It seems, on the surface, bad, but at the same time, I get it. I'm like, that's very smart. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it kind of worked out for the for the patients in this particular scenario where director Oh was able to to help fix them you know, help really get down to the deep-seated issues though so I will also say that it was about like, we'll give him 60% of the time, Dr. Oh but as soon as these as soon as Moonyoung and Tae and Tae got into the picture, I feel like they really took over on a lot of the emotional healing for these people Mm. Like, they were there for, um, the assemblyman's son, and the... The lady with the
0: mink scarf. Yep.
1: And the, um, the young man who was, uh, struggling with alcoholism.
0: and, And his girlfriend.
1: And his girlfriend. Um... Yeah. That's fair. I feel like they actually handled most of that, now that we we come to think about it. But I think he was helping people before they got there, I wanna say.
0: You like to think so. That's his job. And
1: he helped them and Song Tae, so
0: So in a way it all worked out. (laughs) But it seems like a matter of like intention, where we know Director O was a good person who genuinely wanted to help his patients. But if Nurse Park was the one doing that and being like, I just want to help my patients. So I have a network of spies where they watch each other and report back each other's secrets. You'd be like, oh, but spoiler alert, she ended up being the bad guy. So... It seems bad that she had all this information on everybody. Yeah,
1: it's also that thing where other patients aren't necessarily held to the same like s- standards and oaths that doctors are required to take. So they I guess at that point it's still up to the other patients if they want to divulge that information to their fellow to their counterparts. Mm. But um it just seems problematic to have them reporting information back that the doctor then isn't allowed to disclose to others but that patient can take that information and do whatever they want with it mm. i don't know i don't like maybe that's not a problem it's just a thought i had that doctors are have these oaths these non-disclosure oaths that they take and
0: but this... it might give your patients the mindset that they have the qualifications to judge and kind of intervene with other patients. Yes. And he did have the,
1: same lines. the purest spy ever. Like, that that man yeah. was very good. He's a good person. Um, but... I think in the show his name was Khan Pilwong, and I only know that because I have the cast list sitting in front of me. I'm not smart. <laughs>
0: But along the same lines, they don't have the perspective of years of training and watching patients to be able to accurately convey what is happening with the other patients. I think it would be easy to say this person looks like they're quote-unquote acting out or they're being weird, whereas a doctor would know maybe or have a better idea of what acting strange or acting out looks like in different kinds of patients. Right. So it could be dangerous. Or like okay, if I you view.
1: assume you like you assume you know everything you need to know, but maybe there are warning signs that a patient similarly wouldn't be trained to know.
0: So mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> this is a bad practice. I see you now <laughs>
1: Um, Okay, on to uh, life lesson number three. In order to get the guy to finally notice you, just start walking down a road in the pouring rain without any money and he'll eventually come to find you.
0: (laughs) A classic.
1: (laughs) A classic. It's not something I thought about, but it is kind of interesting. I mean, it was very affirming for her behavior too, which had been a lot up to that point, that all she has to do is something horribly dramatic and possibly bad for her physical health. And then he'll be there, you know? He'll finally show up for her.
0: <laughs> but I think that's what's so interesting, and I think well done about the character of Ko Young, where there was another article, I will digress for a moment, one of the biggest... Um, I want to say scandals, but I don't know if you'd call it a scandal. They got lashback from viewers for the scene where Kumun Young enters the men's dressing room when Gang Tae is changing, and she reaches out to, like, touch his naked abs. And then there is another scene where the assemblyman's son, like, flashes her, and it uses an elephant to cover his junk, his genitals, and a lot of viewers were like, This is inappropriate, especially if the gender roles were reversed. This would never be allowed. This is sexual harassment, and it's, we don't want to see it on TV. And I understand other viewers who said, But it spoke so much to Moon-young's character and her having antisocial personality disorder, where she doesn't think the same way as other people. She doesn't think like, I'm gonna walk in the rain for however many miles until someone comes and gets me. She's just not thinking at all. She's not thinking about anybody, even herself, and she just goes. I can
1: understand viewers' issues that they took with that. I don't necessarily feel like that should be left out of a K-drama or a story per se, it all depends on handling. And I can see how they thought that maybe that wasn't handled well in the sense that it's it's glossed over, like the lack of... Gong Tae's consent, her touching him while he is half-dressed, and then her consent being flashed, like it brings up consent issues that... Like I said, I don't think they should necessarily be missing from the story, but like, regardless of like, how she feels about it, it maybe they should have kind of gone into a little bit more like, like this. There was a distinct lack of consent when she touched Gong Tae's abs, and that doesn't, I guess like her having antisocial personality disorder doesn't change like how that was problematic for him, because he hadn't given his consent for that. Yeah. So, and that's like completely off base of what we're talking about, but I guess like, I just wanted to like, say I totally understand where people are coming from with that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Yeah, I I also, pick. I'm picking up what you're putting down about her kind of just walking through the rain, not necessarily waiting for someone to save her, but they do. He does. He shows up for her.
0: Yeah, and obviously that makes it a big romantic, dramatic moment in the K-drama, but I don't think at all that she was like, someone's got to come save me. I'm going to do something dramatic unless somebody does. Uh, It's very much just true to her character of I'm having a breakdown and I'm going to go do something dramatic. That's me. That's who I am as Ko Young. It's not, I don't know if it's attention seeking. I don't know enough about antisocial personality disorder to say what her reasoning is for that but it seemed to be consistent throughout the drama that that's one of her coping mechanisms is to be very dramatic and even I guess director O pointed out at some point that with her outfits where she has this like peacock persona of like everybody look at me and it is her armor so that Nobody can actually see her. And I can see that with her actions as well. Perhaps if everybody sees that I'm being dramatic and I'm doing something out of the ordinary, then they won't have to know what's truly wrong with me. Deep. Deep. (laughs) Are we on four? Yeah,
1: we're on four. I had no follow-up. I was trying to think if that was a good time to move on to four.
0: (laughs) I think it is. Okay. It was very good.
1: Um, so life lesson number four. Background checks are the most effective way to vet potential love interests. Not again, not something we definitely confronted uh when we were doing the first couple episodes. And a good thing to circle back on is the fact that when she wanted to know more about him, she just did she had An assistant at work do an invasive background check to learn everything she wanted to know. It's kind of like searching through Facebook, but different, because people put Facebook up for what they want people to know, versus background checks are, maybe you don't want people to know your mom was murdered, who's to say?
0: Oh... Another hard one. I feel like we're just <laughs> ruining this list because I'm like, let's make it real, though. Let's think about this realistically. And I don't think that's the point of the list. Yeah. But, you know, if we do, if we do think about it realistically, isn't that bad? Because how many memes have I seen online of screenshots of tweets where people are like, I dated a guy for six months and I just found out he's been married for, like, seven years, and he has three kids, and I'm like, a oh, background check really could have solved that one, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, it's, like, where my trust issues um, collide with my belief that people have a right to privacy, and it's uh-huh. super tricky. It's, that's a super tricky line to walk. Um, I'd say that if you discover that your boyfriend has another family, through a background check, and, like, a couple kids and everything, and that it's currently still their family. Um, you know, the relationship should definitely be over, but I think for multiple reasons, including the lack of trust that you have for that person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Clearly that went two ways. Yeah, like, because he was lying to you, but also you didn't believe anything he said because you did a background check on him (laughs) yeah
1: so really it's kind of not a good relationship
0: from all sides oh that's fair I'm just (laughs) saying what if what if you're dating a dude and he's constantly got this friend that's like always coming over and his friend's just like this I don't know kind of weird dude that's always hanging around asking weird questions and you're like who is that guy and he's just like we're old friends from college like we're not super close anymore but we live in the same town so we hang out (laughs) and then you do a background check and you find out he's a felon and that's his parole officer and like if you'd never done the background check he would have just lied to you forever and you would have never known he had an ankle bracelet and he couldn't leave the house.
1: That's a deal breaker, ladies. That's you wondered, you wondered why you always had all of your uh, dates in the in same his house. Yeah, in the, in, at his house, and you could, and it was before the pandemic, so you're just really confused. <laughs>
0: You should have just done a background check. I'm just saying so many of these problems could have been avoided.
1: Yeah, but what if he's, like, a felon for something that he wasn't ready to talk about, but it wasn't that bad and shouldn't have been a felony in the first place, like smoking weed or something? Oh, I'm bringing it up! Even Maurice is sad that I'm making this problematic!
0: (laughs) Fair point, though. There are so many degrees of crimes.
1: Yeah, and, like... Who's to say cuz maybe um he really wanted to tell you but he just wasn't ready and that was his his thing to tell you you know and he just but maybe it's been going on for years and at that point if he wasn't comfortable with telling you then it should have ended anyway so you know there's just a lot of gray area <laughs>
0: Remember when we claimed that we were a comedy podcast and then we found somebody's (laughs) list of jokes and we just like pummeled it into the
1: ground? Let's take this list of jokes too seriously. Is that how comedy works?
0: (laughs) We're comedians, kind of.
1: We're killing it. We're killing the comedy game. (laughs) Um, All right. Life lesson number five, and this one is sponsored. What? (laughs) If you don't have a barbecue chicken in your town, Subway is the best place for a fast casual meal.
0: Nice. Yeah. I approve of that one.
1: That's a good there's no flaws in that one.
0: Zero flaws. That is the perfect solution.
1: I did I feel like I haven't talked about this yet, and I'm just like deeply excited to talk about two points of order with Subway as they relate to our lives. The first one is that there are there's this little corner where Utah meets Arizona, that there is, like, nothing out there except, like, a couple houses that people live in. It's a a couple, a chain of very, very small towns, and there's a couple of houses out there, and then just, like, five subways. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, so many, and they advertise them on billboards. As if I can't see on this highway every subway. (laughs) As if I will miss a subway on this lonely stretch of very podunk. There aren't even Walmarts out there. There's no Starbucks. There's no Walmart. There's no. Their grocery stores are like locally owned markets Mm. that you could not find with everything you needed, you know?
0: Yeah. You have to drive. I know
1: an hour to to the next biggest city to actually access the Walmart and you do that once every I don't know, month I guess, and you get everything you would possibly need and if you don't have it then, gee dang it you make it with the supplies in nature you know? Make mm-hmm. that band-aid yourself.
0: Um, that's how Amazon stays in business <laughs> Yeah, that's true
1: Um, and so I guess what I'm trying to say is there is nothing out there except homes and subways.
0: <laughs> so many subways.
1: Yeah. Um, which brings me to my next point that you and I grew up in a town that did have a Walmart. Had There were three grocery stores. Um, and there was one Starbucks for a really long time. They finally built a Starbucks inside of one of the grocery stores. So now there's like 1.5 Starbucks Mm -hmm. In the town. But before that, do you remember when we were pretty young and there were, I think there were six subways in
0: town? No.
1: Yeah, there was one on Burger Alley, and then there was one over by Walmart, and then there was one on Main Street, and there was one way out by, uh, like, on the north end of town uh, that you, I never went to after middle school.
0: Um, yeah, in the Love's gas station.
1: Yes, 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 yes. And then, um, there was one inside of Walmart, and then there was, there were just like a million Subways in Cedar City <laughs> for a really long time.
0: And I it wasn't a never big notice that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes more sense because I always thought of our hometown as a pretty small town until I moved here, and this is. You know, just about as small as it can get. Uh, (laughs) Do
1: you have any subways?
0: We do not have any subways. We do not have any chain (laughs) restaurants. Uh, But I feel like in the drama at some point, when everybody was leaving Seoul to go to this small seaside town, they kept acting as if it was the most podunk little nothing town. She was like, I think Judy at some point said, We finally got a mall, and I was like, okay, maybe like a strip mall or an outlet mall. And you get there, and all these shots are this beautiful city on the sea, and I'm like, they're in a different coffee shop every day. They are all over the place with these restaurants and cafes. Yeah, Jesu. I'm sorry, is that a high rise?
1: Yeah, Jesu opens a really specialized, well decorated pizzeria.
0: (laughs) And that seems to do fine, like pretty instantly. Hi, have you ever been to a small seaside town? Can I invite you to Aramo? (laughs) It is different. There's no subway here. Um, I love, we joined a private, this sorry, this is off topic. We joined a private Discord channel for K-Drama podcasters, which I'm super proud to be a part of. I feel so exclusive now. Right? And everyone on there was like, I don't usually disclose my location online, but this is a closed group. So, like, I live in this country. And I'm like, on <laughs> my literal podcast i say what town i live in all the time like <laughs> hi if you're a stalker i would like you to take some time to visit Aramo. <laughs> just it'll be nice if you could come here Think before all the, we all die the stalkers it's, that
1: you are bringing to Aramo, but like that tourist, that tourism economy, you know, is going to be really good. I need it.
0: Yeah. I need the tourism economy. <laughs> and you're going to have to kill me before I do. And I doubt you will. <laughs> so, like, come on, bring it on.
1: I just feel like it's going to be really hard to find me, even if you know the name of my city.
0: You know? That's
1: I don't fair. think I've disclosed my last name on the podcast. I don't think it would be hard to find me, necessarily. It would
0: be pretty easy to find.
1: Yeah. But... I don't think either of us have said so.
0: Mine is on my Instagram, which I follow our Plan K Instagram. So you can backfind it. But also, the point of my public Instagram is kind of to get tourism to Aramo. I'm like, <laughs> there's nobody here. Please come to Aramo. We need those tourist dollars. It is the most <laughs> beautiful place on earth. Please come see it there would be no point in me getting on the podcast and be like, you will never find where I live. I'm in Japan somewhere. (laughs) Like, Get on the internet for two minutes. You'll find where I live. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I like to make it nice and easy for people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're just millennials in that we both think we'll never die and also think we're going to die any moment anyways, so like... What
1: does it even matter? What does it even matter? Okay, life lesson number, number six.
0: <laughs> Solid transition.
1: Yeah, if you're a weakling, find yourself another weakling and stick together with them like a magnet.
0: Oh, That's a
1: cute one. That's a cute one. That's a cute
0: one. We can't ruin that one.
1: Nope.
0: <laughs> Just do that.
1: I feel like you're the weakling I've stuck myself to. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I've done a poor job. I sent you across the world, but...
0: Yeah, I'm not sure... If that's supposed to work more emotionally or act like physically?
1: Yeah, because physically
0: like, we're doing a terrible job.
1: Yeah, but emotionally we are freaking stuck together.
0: We're nailing it, and I think <laughs> yeah. that's more what the show was is about—is sticking together emotionally.
1: Yeah, yeah, physically doesn't matter as much. Yeah. So I'll just do number seven, and then we can finally be done with this list.
0: <laughs> I'm so excited. There's so much build up. Uh, You're
1: gonna love this one. It's gonna just rock your world. You, you'd never guess it. Life lesson Ooh. number seven. It's okay to not be okay.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> Heart emoji.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, that's fine. Maybe you're supposed to sing it like they did in the drama. Yes. Maybe it hits harder if you do.
1: That was a cute song we also never talked about. It was yeah. just, just morbid enough that I loved it.
0: <laughs> but also, I loved that it was about self-reliance, and like, it's not the doctors, it's not the medicine, it's me who's making me better. Oh. It's so
1: cute. And true. I don't want to, tr- I don't mean to sound reductive when I say cute, I just say that about a lot of things.
0: It was just a nice tune. Yeet. in that way it was cute. What if that was our whole podcast? And we're done. Wow.
1: That's it. Thank you for coming to 10 minutes of us talking about us and then 30 minutes of us talking about us while we also talked about this (laughs) list of things.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bonus episode. It's just (laughs) us now. I called it I can't remember what I called it. It was a stupid thing. It, the word is criticism. The series was criticized for the lack of consent, those issues. But people went back and forth on how they felt about it online. On the other hand, this got on so many lists. We mentioned in the finale episode last week that it was on the New York Times list of things. Best international shows of 2020, but it is also in so many other lists of best shows. It got a dozen awards for best show and best actor and actress and best couple and all these amazing other things. It, I think, the soundtrack also sold out within like two weeks after being released. Yeah. Right.
1: I was listening to it today. I usually cannot even approach a, a K-drama soundtrack for a couple weeks after watching the K-drama. Especially if it was a very good K-drama like this one, because usually it makes me too sad. Mm-hmm. But for some reason there's something about this soundtrack that I couldn't stay away from, actually. So, Ooh. yeah. Drew me in.
0: Ooh. Um, And the books. They did release the set of five children's books that the writer of the show actually wrote herself for the show, and they sold in September, I believe, and they were like the number one best-selling children's book of the month. I say book. Books? They were sold as a set, like a box set.
1: That is so awesome. I kind of want to get that box set. Do you know, did they release it in Korea, or did they also release it in America? Is it international?
0: So I'm going off of Wikipedia. So not too much information here. They said they were only released in Korean. Mm. But I'm not sure if you can get them internationally. That I assume cool. you can. I get a lot of ads for them.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'll have to look into it and see if I can get a hold of a couple copies. Because those would just be nice to have like unique K drama related. I have almost no K drama swag. I just feel like Yeah when you're stateside especially it's hard to I know stuff like that exists. Like the bracelet from Huayugi or the stuffed animal from your beautiful I've seen mm. created and the pig rabbit stuffed animal um I've seen <laughs> stuff like that created and sent out in the world for sure. But I feel mm-hmm. like what actually gets advertised in America as just, like, hoodies. They're like, gay drama lover. You know? Or, yeah.
0: I think you gotta work a little harder for the more official made-in-Korea, Korean drama swag. Yeah. And we just don't work hard enough. Yeah. But I just, I don't like things. Yeah. I don't like having things.
1: I'm getting that way, too, also. in Indeed, as well, yes. Where I... I'm just struggling, I move a lot, and I'm these days I'm mm-hmm. just pretty much a nomad, because when you uh, decide to travel back and forth between places during a pandemic, you have to stay in those places for two weeks at a time <laughs> to make sure that mm-hmm. you're not spreading it back and forth, and yeah, I just yeah. don't want things to take with me when I live my nomadic lifestyle.
0: You can't. You kind of just have to leave them behind. And then you're like, why did I buy this giant stuffed Monk Tay (laughs) toy? Like, or this set of really cool children's books. They are so neat, but they could have lived in my memory of this wonderful show. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I get why people have these things. They're so freaking cool. I would totally buy all the K-drama swag if I could. But I'm like, my mind constantly goes to what can fit in my three suitcases when I have to move again. And for the past four years, I have collected too many things to fit in those suitcases. And now I have to figure out how to part with them next year when I move again. Oh, good luck. Yeah. So I cannot add more things to that list.
1: Yeah. A while ago, uh, maybe, like, t- a year or two into... I mean, honestly, it was kind of that first when you guys were first leaving, and I wanted to get you a going-away present, and then I thought, there is nothing in this world that you can buy them that is worth them having to pack it into their suitcase. So, <laughs> thank I, you. I bought you coffee on the day you guys left, and that
0: was it. <laughs> That's perfect. Like, I, I don't remember. There were plenty of things that we brought. We brought... I think two or three full-size suitcases that were dedicated just to Jason's desktop computer. Oh, so I holy. know yeah. that we brought some things that weren't necessary. But one that I do remember that it was absolutely necessary was our friend made us a drawing of Jason and I on our wedding day. And that has come with us to so many places on every trip that we've ever been on. We're just like, gonna hang this up in our house, or our hotel room, or wherever we're at, to to be like, this is our home now, hi.
1: Yeah, like, we don't know how long we'll be in this home, so...
0: So it's gonna be ours, and that means a lot to me. But yeah, there are very few other just material items that I want to drag around. It's too hard. Yep. Um, (laughs) Do you... okay... Real quick, are you familiar with Kim Soo-hyun who played Gong Tae, our male lead, or So Ye-ji who played Ko Moon-young, our female lead?
1: Uh Kim Soo-hyun, yes. I saw him in My Love from the Star.
0: Oh, yeah, I did say he was in that.
1: Yeah, he was the male lead in that one. Um I have not seen Seo Yeji and anything else
0: I forgot he was the lead (laughs) (laughs) he just okay like yes I always resort back to the haircut if you change his hair I won't recognize him but he was the perfect alien in that show yes because he his face looks so godlike
1: yeah it's so beautiful that it's believable that it Is just an alien face.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And I think I just wrote off that it wasn't an actor. It was an actual alien that they cast as an alien in that show. Because, wow, he looks so good in that. I forget that was him. That's crazy. I guess I only watched half of it as well. So that's on me. (laughs) But he is... An A-list actor, he was in Dream High, which I also only watched about half of. (laughs) It is the only K-drama that my friend Akiko has ever seen, and she owns it on DVD, so she lent it to me, and I was like, this is a little too dated for me. It is a lot. How
1: old was he in it? Was he a baby?
0: Uh, I doubt it. He was... Probably, <laughs> maybe early twenties or a little younger, because he was playing a high schooler, so youngish. But yeah, it's about a performing arts high school, so very very dramatic children being dramatic, which is fine. But he hasn't acted in that many things, but he everything he's been in, he is spectacular. So I think for this show, he got something like $165,000 per episode just because he's that good.
1: I mean, kudos. He is that good. It does stress me out that sometimes you stop and think about how much money some people make and it is hard.
0: You know, I do because <laughs> I was reading that article that said that he gets that he got like $165,000 an episode and it was like he also makes a lot of money from commercials he is known kind of colloquially as the commercial king and can make up to something something per commercial and i read it as $900 which i was <laughs> like $900 for a commercial you can you can darn bet i read that wrong $900,000 per commercial like up to that number but <laughs> you imagine
1: he's beautiful but I'm really having to combat my really your poverty fatigue yes yep (laughs) I'm struggling because I am a big fan of eat the rich jokes I don't take part in cannibalism and I don't condone it but I think that eat the rich jokes are hilarious and uh, Because I get so angry, yeah, like my poverty fatigue, I just get so bummed out.
0: And because $900 for a commercial would be plenty. Yeah, that would be
1: my month, you know, uh, for just filming, what, a day? It would take maybe a day to film a commercial.
0: Uh-huh. You That's... can film two commercials and be like, I'm set for the rest of the month, I can pay my rent. I can eat food, I can live comfortably, and yet- It is
1: one hundred- nope, it's one thousand times that amount.
0: How? I'm
1: tired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of being poor, how do I be beautiful now? Is
1: it possible to go back in time and be more beautiful, be born more beautiful- <laughs> Is that? I don't ever want to be beautiful unless it's going to make me money, in which case can I please be very beautiful.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is not to like undermine how hard he works. Yes. Obviously, he is incredibly talented. Amazing. He works incredibly hard he for s- what he gets.
1: He did some of the most outstanding acting work I've seen in this cake drama. It was amazing.
0: That boy can cry... At any moment yes. and make me cry. Yes. But wow, does he need that much money? Does anybody? <laughs> um, I didn't see how much Soye earned for the show. We can imagine not nearly as much.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now I'm angry again. <laughs> Roll that tape back. <laughs> Actually delete everything I just said. I have a different thing I'd be I'd rather be angry about, and it's <laughs> pay inequity. The gender gap.
0: The gender gap. Um Yeah. I have no idea how much she earned though. So we'll pretend it's exactly the same amount and we live in a world of sunshine. <laughs> um I had seen her in another drama. I did not recognize her at all, which wow. Is that surprising to anyone? I'm sure it's not. (laughs) But still, it was exciting to me to look at the list of shows she's been on and realize that she was in a show called Murim School. And I also think I only got halfway through that one. I half finished a lot of dramas. But there was just so much going on with the second leads in that show. There are some shows that have a love square, you know, where like the leads are clearly getting together and there's two people that like the leads and they're clearly going to end up together. They're just going to be shipped off on their own. And this show is moving in that direction, but it made the mistake, in my opinion, it's a mistake of having the two secondary leads kind of just bum me out the whole time and like just get sadder and sadder as the show goes on that they're not being with the leads. And, like, I get that, but it just kind of makes me sad to watch.
1: Yeah, because it's one of those things that it kind of posits an idea, and correct me if you think this is wrong, maybe I'm just making a lot of assumptions, but it posits the idea that there is only one person for you and that you never get over a person even if they don't choose you, which I am very much of the not-everyone-is-for-you ideology, Mm. where I just think that as unromantic as this idea is, or I guess unclassically romantic, but I think there's a romanticism that can be found in it, it's just really sad to think that you just, like, have to be hung up on a person forever, no matter how great the romance was. I mean... Looking back at all of our favorite K-dramas, it would be heartbreaking if these leads didn't end up together, (laughs) but it's also that thing where we get really angry when the relationship shows any amount of toxicity that isn't going to be addressed, Mm. like a really poor communication level or whatever the case may be, where it just feels like you don't want them to be together. Maybe they should find someone they know how to communicate with.
0: Yeah. And I think this is a bit different because obviously they're just in high school is uh, about a bunch of high schoolers at like a magic school. And so they're not even together. Like the second leads are never with the leads. They just have crushes. And I get that there is a heartbreak that comes with like seeing your crush be happy with someone else and like getting over that and having to deal with all those emotions, especially As a younger person. Saying like. Man it just sucks that. I didn't get to be with my crush. Like I really like them. And I'm glad they're happy. But it sucks for me. Like that's understandable to me. I just don't want to watch it for like. Nine episodes of a 16 episode drama. Yeah that's rough. Just get over it a little bit faster kiddo. (laughs) They're not interested. Uh, So that's. Yeah, that's where I landed with that drama. But it was a really cool show. I mean, high school full of magic kids. It also had the most diverse cast I've ever seen in a K-drama, where a lot of the teachers were foreign actors. And I thought that was really cool. That is cool. Maybe check it out. You'll see some some b- very baby-faced Shots of so Ji as the female lead in that, which um, is precious.
1: That is precious. She already has one of those gorgeous, perfect, ageless faces as well. Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested to see her younger just because, in my mind, I can't imagine it just because she just is ageless.
0: Right. Was but she ever you younger? Will it? she
1: ever be older? Hard to say.
0: Once you see her, if you look up pictures of murim school... Once you see her, you'll be like, whoa, I get why you didn't recognize her. She looks like a sweet little baby doll. A baby. She looks ten years younger. A baby. All the weight was in her cheeks, and it was the cutest thing ever. Uh Um, That was my final question. (laughs) Obviously, the rest of the cast, I looked through the list deeply, and I was surprised at... How many of them were in so many other things, and then obviously some of them, like Judy's mom, I was not surprised. And how many things she's been in? Yes,
1: um, yeah, we've star-studded
0: seen her. cast.
1: Mm-hmm. It was there were a lot of people, and we identified a couple of actors we had seen in other stuff before as well. Um, and so yeah, we. It's been kind of nice just like seeing that many familiar faces. This might be one of the most star-studded we've watched, which is to st- say, we are I, we are defining star-studded as us knowing who's in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's because we've finally started recognizing enough faces, and we finally have enough K-dramas under our belt that we can recognize people. Yes. So now things are beginning to be star-studded.
1: <laughs>
0: finally. Finally. Um, what are your closing thoughts on It's Okay to Not Be Okay? I loved
1: it. I would give it a... I mean, I feel like we dragged it a little bit as as time went on, but I still think I would give it a 9 out of 10.
0: Okay. I thought for sure you were going to give it a 10 out of 10, and I was going to feel guilty for giving it a 9, because I know I didn't love it quite as much as you... And literally everybody else on the planet did. (laughs) It was an incredible feat of uh, creativity, I think. It was a masterpiece of artistic creation.
1: I haven't seen anything like it.
0: Yeah. And in that way, it deserves a 10 out of 10. But there was something about it for me, personally, as Emily that didn't connect with it and i know that is on me i take full responsibility but i i think i just wasn't in the mindset to watch it and so i didn't connect with it as fully as i think a lot of other viewers could so to me it's a 9 almost yeah. perfect
1: i think that's interesting because the other k drama that we both watched that i deeply heavily 100% completely fell in love with connected to that you couldn't connect with was... um uh, Shoot, what's it called? Because this is my first life. Yeah. Which I completely m- recommend. But I think it's interesting because I would say both of them actually handle a lot of, like, mental health and life issues. Or, I guess, where those two things intersect. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just something that, like, really... Which is not to say not everyone has their stuff because I genuine genuinely believe everyone has their stuff. I think that maybe that stuff just like really pulls me in. Mm-hmm. And I can see why it doesn't pull everyone in for sure because it yeah can be kind of heavy and um it yeah it just may not strike the same with every person. So I get that. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you for understanding, yeah, because I don't want to be the neurotypical person that's like, "Well, this just wasn't for me, so it was bad. I want to make it clear that it was an exceptional drama, and I hope everybody watches it and i I think especially neurotypical people should watch it and try and learn from it, learn some empathy, learn gain some understanding of people who are neurodiverse. You just may not connect with it emotionally as a lot of other people have.
1: Right. That makes sense. I think I gave it a 9 just because it's hard to tick every box for me and I think that this ticked a lot of them and I really loved it and it was beautiful. But, um, you know, there were little things and we've identified them over the course of our episodes and you guys have been here for it. But yeah, just like little things that could have been changed or switched up. And I'm I still think a nine is a really good rating from both of us because we're usually pretty stingy, so
0: Yeah. Oh, do we have any awards to give? No. It's always literally <laughs> at this moment that, that we I start realize? to think of bus stop girls. Yeah. Um <laughs> mm,
1: I can't think of any.
0: I can't think of any. <laughs> If you have any bus stop girls that we missed, you can email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com.
1: Yes, uh, we also have our social media that you can reach us at. We're on both Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, we're at playonk. On Instagram, we're at play. We are at K podcast. My goodness, that's difficult to say. <laughs>
0: Our website is playonk.com, where you can find all of our episodes, leave comments directly on the episodes, and sign up for our newsletter, where you can hear everything that I watched in a month, as well as never miss when we start a new drama.
1: Yeah, and then you can catch us on a lot of different platforms, for podcasts and a lot of them have the ability to rate review and subscribe if you could do any or all of those things we'd really appreciate it especially if you're liking the podcast because it would help other K drama podcast lovers find this
0: yeah finally we are on patreon Yay. um you can find a link on our website or you can go directly to patreon.com slash play k where you can find Lots of bonus content from us. And you can join our watch parties, which usually every week we watch a K-drama together. And, yeah, just support us. Just say you're listening and maybe drop by and give us your money. (laughs) Please. Every dollar goes to helping us keep this podcast going, and we appreciate all of our patrons from the bottom of our heart. Thank you so, so much.
1: Yes, thank you so much, and we love and adore all of you. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next week with a new K-drama.
0: Yeah! Okay. bye